1: Call for the weeping mothers, the lost fathers, and the forsaken children, and let them come quickly, for a voice of crying is heard out of Zion, for we are greatly confused. For death has come into our ghettos to cut off the young men and women from the streets of Philadelphia, New York, LA. Georgia, Ohio, Florida, Mississippi, and throughout America, South America, the Caribbean islands, Africa, Asia, and all over the world. So return unto me, thus saith Yah, and I will return unto you, O my people. 12.9 what's up, sala? public town housing project sound. Length, of the of sacrificial child, the council, old Z- old mommy, at the with the same dreamers, right. We're, we're called, black people, we're called. Step our neck down the get up, stand up, turn back on true trend the side I'm Tossing fire, leaving Babylon trying, trying to escape this futile. Who child is country trouble is too wild? That's why we got more than two stars. No indefinite situation, who child? And though the world is rocky, I'm ready to try. The next mile to bring sight to the blind man and sound to the left child. We will survive in this country wilderness. Swimming through the waters of Babylon like a rebel fish. is specialist, critical and survivalist. Spitting hell and fire from his lips. Burning slave driver. up.
2: Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get an understanding. Again, welcome to the program this evening with your host, Brother Elliot, Brother Reggie, Brother Ralph. The number to reach us tonight to join the conversation is 215-253-7263. That's 215-253-7263. The listen-only line, if you don't have computer access, access to smartphone, iPad, or any other device, is 559-726-1300. That's 559-726-1300, and that access code is 958590 and pound. Again, that access code is 958590. And that pound sign. We're streaming live at www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. Again, that's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. Or on your device if you have the TuneIn app. It's It's a free app. If you don't have it, you can download it. And in the search engine, type in Time for an Awakening radio program near you. will See the icon, and you can listen live from your smartphone, your iPad, your tablet, or your desktop. Again, that's Time for an Awakening. You can listen to it live from your TuneIn app on your device. Drop us an email at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. That's timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Com. Time for Awakening also has a fan page on Facebook. Uh, just go to the Facebook search engine and there, type in Time for an Awakening. There you always see interesting content being posted daily by Brother Reg. And before you eat, leave that page, just hit that like button. That's Time for an Awakening radio program with the fan page on Facebook. Tonight, we're in open forum. No guests scheduled. Well, we do have a guest, and that's you. Anything on your mind, anything on your heart, let's throw it out here. Let's talk about it. Uh, And always, on the end of whatever you have to say, let's throw a solution or two in the mix also. Uh, Things going on this week. Uh, We had an exciting program last week with the conveners of the 1 Million Black uh, Conscious Voters and Contributors campaign was with us. You might want to talk about that we'd always love to hear from you hear your opinions and anything that's on your mind anything on your heart give us a call we'll be right back to open things up open up the dialogue after a brief word from our sponsors
3: Mr. moderator our distinguished guests brothers and sisters Our friends and and our enemies.
1: Everybody is here. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com.
0: 21- 58852444 that number is 2158852444 2158852444 all insurance incorporated
2: Antiquity to the present Our people need to develop a new paradigm It's time for an awakening Sundays 7pm With your hosts Elliot and Reggie Welcome back to time for an awakening and uh, Like I said tonight We're in open forum Anything on your heart Anything on your mind Give us a call The floor is yours We'll talk about it this evening uh, before we get started, uh, Brother Rich, any community announcements, anything of that nature going on?
5: No, but I'd I like to read a, uh email that I received from one of our frequent listeners. Certainly. Today, called Easter or Resurrection Sunday on the Christian calendar, is one of the most revered times in the Christian year. For black Christians who do everything with zest and fervor, This time is also very special. Have you noticed that Christian Caucasians are very pragmatic about their faith? They do not go around at least publicly saying God is good all the time. They do not go around saying at least publicly, Jesus is my personal savior. In fact, they are not very demonstrative about their faith at all, except the ones into entertainment that you see on television. This is why many Caucasians are attracted to and excel in the field of math and sciences. They are pragmatic. They have not bought into the spookism around their faith. Black people in general are relishing the spooky parts of their faith. One cannot be pragmatic and spooky at the same time. The black Christian experience may produce social activists, good singers, dancers, and other types of entertainers from the church and from the spooky Christian experience. But it does not produce the young scientists The mat- mathematicians the Business icons The cosmologists The philosophers The great thinkers that resurrect The race from its mummy-like status Into godship If we want our youth to be better We need to teach them how to be good thinkers Rather than good believers
2: You know that's, uh, It was short but uh, <laughs> That was a uh... That makes you think. That was kind of powerful. There. I wish the uh, the the caller or listener that, that wrote that would call in and talk about it. I'd love for them to put that on the table. But that's uh, you know we talk about religion a lot on the program. Rich, we have historians on here to uh, to uh, balance the beliefs of religion against uh, 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 primary evidence of what I forefathers believed and taught uh, but uh i think the person has a excellent point uh not only europeans but you don't hear other races at all walking around with those sayings like you just quoted god is good all the time uh uh, uh, uh jesus is with me i mean you know all those type of sayings that you said you don't hear other nationalities saying that about whatever they believe It's uh, the former chattel slaves of our people that were brought in captivity use all of those terms. And and a lot of that, I mean, the people have to be honest. And I'm not trying to bash anybody's faith or religion or whatever they believe. But people have to be honest. The majority of that type of thinking comes straight out of slavery. I mean, you can't get around it. Uh, the, the. the person uh, that wrote that uh, does more than insinuated. I mean, it, it really clearly points it out, the thought pattern. That, yeah, he's, been
5: on, he's been on the show several times. Okay. You know, you know who he is.
2: Okay. I mean, uh, it's it's very interesting. I, I wish that person would call. I think I know you might be talking about. I wish he would call and put that on the table to talk about it. because you know, I,
5: What I thought was the most powerful part of it was the last sentence. If you want our youth to be better, we need to teach them how to be good thinkers rather than good believers. I think that was the most uh, powerful piece.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> listen, when you just believe in a religion, that kind of suspends the freedom of thought. Uh, 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 the uh, Using your mind to look into things, having an open mind, It it suspends that because you just believe. And uh, most of the time, it's blind faith. Um, (laughs) That that that,
5: uh, (laughs) and 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 on that part, with the the inflexibility or not having the ability to be be flexible and being able to adapt what we say we believe in to your actual reality and times, I think is a, a great impediment to us individually. And as a people on a whole, because you know, certain things that happened 2,000 years ago, the foundation of the statement could be true, but how you adapt it to your situation right now will see, will determine whether or not you're a thinker or, or you're just a believer.
2: <laughs> wow, I mean, it, it you know, it, it kind of begs to, you know, it. There's statements like that that really need to be critically talked about in our places of worship. I don't care whether you're talking about churches, temples, and mosques. Because when these so-called holy days roll around, you know, our, our people, they're almost in this fengali type of state. It's like automatic. You you do these things. You, you put on your, your finest clothes. You go to church. A lot of this stuff, a lot of that, all of that stems straight out of slavery. It's them straight out of slavery. You know, our people, a lot of those things, the tenets that you're talking about or that you're alluding to, our people never believed those things when they came here. The principles of what a lot of those beliefs are, they definitely believed. It predates Christianity or anything else, Judaism or Islam. But a lot of the tenets of those religions, our people never believed in. We started to practice those things once we came in contact with Europeans who adopted those things and then fashioned them around ancient beliefs that they had.
5: And and the thing about it, Elliot, when you, when you talk about that, you know, what you fashion into, what your belief system is on one hand, you'll tell your child to be honest. Don't lie to me. And you'll talk about this day of resurrection, but then you have your child on the other another side, you' tell them about an Easter bunny, you tell them about jelly beans eggs eggs, yeah, and all you know all the other things that come along with it on the other side of your mouth, and I think you know until we root some of these behaviors out and really deal with it, you know it goes across the board just when you say like entertainment, all entertainment is not entertainment. If it's entertainment is to the detriment of your family and your children, then you have to reconsider what you what you think is entertainment. But you, have, in order for you to be able to do that, you have to think. You have to think about what it is that you're viewing, and how how whether it's going to be harmful to you and your family and to others.
2: You know, it it doesn't really take much, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to sit down and just think. Even if you Have a belief in Jesus or or Christ, or or Yeshua. His name wasn't Jesus Christ, as a a European corruption of a name. But even if you have a belief in an individual that existed 2,000 years ago, you have to critically look at: Okay, you have Christ during that period, but I don't know whether he walked around with an Easter basket with eggs with bunnies painting eggs where does all these things come from any thinking person would have to critically ask themselves this question and do some just cursory research i ain't talking about no spending uh, years of uh of dedicating your life to a study just cursory research and you'll see that all of these things are pagan, th- pagan adoptions straight out of european culture that was adapted to a belief that they never believed in or individuals that never came in contact with Europeans.
5: And, and and to further your point, if if you think about that statement you just made, when you look at Roman and Greco Roman culture, what they did is they were adapted or adaptable people of adapting different things from different cultures to bolster and get people to follow in order for them to have rulership over people, but they adapted many things for different cultures.
2: Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And <laughs> That's it was all...
5: one thing that they, they were very, very good at, and, and making it the rule, too. And it was making all it about control. Just like you just yes. said,
2: it was all about control, not about spreading any righteousness, righteous belief. They didn't even care about that. It was about control. They didn't care basically what the people believed, because you've seen all the type of stuff that Europeans practiced and believed in Europe. Uh, during, quote-unquote, their their ancient periods, Uh, even after they became somewhat civilized and they slipped back into what is considered the Dark Ages to Europeans, you can see all the behaviors that they had. I mean, it had nothing to do with anything righteous. It was just uh, a a man living on the fly, so to speak, doing anything that came to his mind, no morality, no boundaries, Uh, you know, those type of behaviors, and they brought that here. To a certain extent, it was mass uh, uh, through a, a, a sense of morality or a sense of uh, 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 some type of uh, uh, religious consciousness, so to speak. But it was, it was just raw belief. I mean, raw behaviors that was basically, uh, 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 I mean, you've seen what they did to the Native Americans when they came here. And not only the Native Americans in this country, Native populations in Mexico, native populations in the islands, native populations in South America. I mean, wholesale genocide. If you believed in anything righteous, how could you go in there and take advantage of a people that didn't attack? Those people never attacked them when they came to these those lands because they had uh, 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 vestiges of African culture that had been spread to all those other uh, uh, nations where they uh, respected other people, even if they were different. That's how they got a foothold in the continent of Africa. I mean, we have to stop. We've been exposed to Europeans now for over 500 years. I'm talking about on a close basis. And we still have the same mindset towards them. We we don't have conversations on whether we made mistakes on dealing with these people, whether we have to rehash uh, uh, our dealings, uh, uh, backtrack, do it over, don't do it anymore, I mean, these conversations are not had because the leadership of our people don't steer these people to look at those things. And the, and the, and maybe it's the fault of our people as a whole, but most of our people look towards leadership or the quote-unquote black leadership to kind of be their guide. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what other way you can put it. I that's That's just the way it is. That's why it's most important now for our people to really even if it's a small group, to really start stepping forward to, to kind of take the reins to, to turn our people in another direction, a whole new paradigm shift. That's why I like the, uh, the, the brothers and sisters that are involved in the one million conscious black voters and contributors, because when you're talking about moving our people towards a whole new way of dealing with this system in general, and Europeans in particular, then you, you're talking about a paradigm shift that can do nothing but advance our people.
5: And you know what's interesting, I was going to call you on Friday. I heard on a local station a brother saying on the radio that he's an independent. I know he's in uh, he's in the church, but he was saying that he's an independent. Uh, black people need to start holding these people that they vote for accountable. Republicans the Democrats are not doing anything for you. And... He believes that there's going to have to be a group of people that come together to, to basically lead us out of this uh, situation that we're in as far as in the political arena, doing it, doing it differently. And, <laughs> and I'm thinking about the group that we're a part of, you know, this is exactly what's going on with the planning stages and, and, and what they're doing. So I, I think there are people that are ready to hear the message of the one million conscious black voters and contributors now is the time and um just need need more people to join in and spread the word about what's going on
2: i mean listen rich you and you you talked about the hearing that on a uh the local black talk station uh terrestrial radio it's a lot of our people that have been talking about uh we need to approach this political system differently and not saying that Politics is no be-all and end-all or no savior mm-hmm. to our people because, I mean, we pay taxes. So we, it's only right that we do have some type of uh, services because our money is being taken. But a lot of the people say those things, but they don't put any mechanisms forth how the people can do differently. They just tell them to vote differently, and you've got the same people standing in front of you. But uh, like you just stated, uh, these men and women that are involved in the One Million Conscious Black Voters and Contributors have put their foot forward. Some of the men have a track record of helping our people. I'm talking about years of being involved in the struggle. They've put a mechanism forward that can work if people get involved. So, you know, it's up to our people. We We can do what we've been doing and expect different results but we know what, that, uh, what, what they say about uh, somebody that uh, does the same thing and expects a different result.
5: Uh, and you know what? I want to read something I just posted to the page, too. I found I find uh, quite interesting. I think t- our listening audience already knows this, but I just want to reaffirm that we're not out on left field or right field. We're right on point. Uh, the police and prison corporations know without the war on drugs, it's windfall money. Cars and houses ceases to exist. And I'm going to read out uh, a list of the top five industries who need you locked in a cage for possessing a plant in order to ensure their job security. The Number one uh, contributor is uh, police unions uh, to uh, politicians for their votes to lock you in a cage for a plant or the police themselves. They risk taking massive pay cuts and losing all their expensive militarized toys without the war on drugs. Number two, private prison corporations. The corporatist prison lobby is constantly pushing for stricter laws to keep their stream of tax dollars flowing. Number three, alcohol and beer companies. These giant corporations hate competition, so why not pay millions to keep a cheaper and far safer alcohol alternative off the market? Number four, pharmaceutical corporations. I'm not going to read that. That's pretty self-explanatory. Number five, prison guard unions. The prison guard unions are another group very scared of losing their jobs, that they would rather see thousands of nonviolent and morally innocent people thrown into cages than look for another job. So, you know, these are groups that are gatekeepers of white supremacy and also gatekeepers of keeping our older and younger black brothers and sisters locked locked behind the prison walls for minor offenses most of the time and also being set up most of the time.
2: Wow. <laughs> you you know you uh
5: you told me to talk, Elias. I'm talking tonight. You
2: you you spoke um you, you know when you raise these issues in the beginning, which is great. But I I want to throw something out there just uh so people can get involved. But you can give us a call and talk about anything that you want at 215 That's 215 You know, some of our people that have quote unquote in entertainment and and movies. Of course, a lot of our people are attracted to that type of uh, a black person. They they say that they see that as being someone that has made it. Uh, The uh, the rapper turned actor Common made statements a couple of weeks ago about it's not up to, and I'm paraphrasing, it's not up to Europeans to try to end. Uh, 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 bigotry and racism, but it's up to blacks to to reach out uh, to white folks. I, mean, I don't know where he's been all his life or who no, told him. He, he
5: done bumped his head because he began to pay some money. He has a little more exposure now, and uh, that's what that's about. I've had a lot of his uh, his music, and been listening to him, and I couldn't believe I heard him say that. But I think. Uh, Hollywood might have him.
2: Well, I, I'm kind of glad that you mentioned that because uh, <clears throat> we see that he was supposed to give the commencement speech at Keene College, and that mm-hmm. was the college that, uh, yep. that uh, Khalid Abdul-Muhammad made statements at yep. uh, over 20 years ago. <laughs> and I'm going to read from this published report. It says, New Jersey University that retracted its announcement that socially conscious rapper Common will give a commencement speech at the school's graduation ceremony in May following an outcry from police officials over a 15-year-old song of his. On Monday, Keene University in Union, uh, New Jersey, said uh, on its Twitter and official website that Common, the musician and actor, would deliver the address. But Chris Burgos, the president of the State Troopers of the Fraternal Association of New Jersey, told The Record, a local newspaper, that the selection was a slap in the face to law enforcement. He pointed out the uh, 2000 uh, track, the year 2000 track, a song for Asada, which Burgo said was a sympathetic to uh, Asada Shakur, who in 1977 was convicted of killing uh, a New Jersey state trooper. She fled to Cuba after escaping from prison. Uh, the song, Listen to My Love, Asada, Common says in the song, Your Power and Your Pride is Beautiful. Susan Kane, Vice President of the University Relations at Keene said on Wednesday that the announcement had been released prematurely. And she added, the students expressed interest in Common because he composed an Oscar-winning song, Glory, with John Legend, our commencement speaker, in 2011. While we respect Common's talent, Keene is pursuing another speaker. (laughs) So we see here that uh, uh, Common, trying to reach out, like he said, uh, he got his answer when he was his re- invitation to speak at the college was snatched away and revoked by uh, New Jersey State Police and the mm-hmm. F.O.P. So uh, we see that it's more yeah, of the we're same reach out. We're
5: going to let him reach out. We're going to let him we're going to let him reach out to the white F.O.P. to see if they change his mind because he's working on not <laughs> changing how we do things.
2: <laughs> let's, let's let's grab a call here before we take a break. Uh, Carla, what's your name? Where you calling from?
6: Uh, my name is Atiyah Nadir, and I'm calling out of Philly.
2: How are you? How you doing, my sister?
6: I'm doing well, and I'm so, so pleased to be able to get through. I'm so, um, I wasn't able to hear what the last commentary was, so may I hear it before I say anything, make a comment?
2: Well, we were just speaking about the, uh, The actor and and, uh, rapper Common, he made statements a couple weeks ago that it's up to blacks, and I'm paraphrasing, that it's up Mm -hmm. to black people to end racism. Oh, yeah, to reach
6: out our hands and and show love.
2: Yes, but we see what happened that he was supposed to do the commencement address at Keene College uh, where uh, Khalid Abdul-Muhammad spoke over 20 years ago and and, uh, made some statements that kind of set white folks on fire. Well, he was supposed to do the commencement address there, but uh, the F.O.P., uh, said that uh, they didn't want him there And the college rescinded his invitation So uh, right. he got his answer uh, Yeah, I, guess, I remember uh,
6: hearing that Because he, uh, he was going to uh, make a comment Or sing a song That gave some praise to Sister Salishakur. Shakur Yes <laughs> Well, now the brother knows That if you stick your hand out You might get your hand bit off <laughs> <laughs> That's so right. it, you learn, you know. We can only turn but so many cheeks. You only have
3: two. <laughs> <laughs> and
6: it, and by the time black folks get to know that um, having your own human rights, you don't have to eat dirt to get to operate and function with the Lord gave you already natural. Well, so what, now we know. Can always doing? be. Um, I mean, everybody's got to be able to taste that dirt to understand that dirt is rough swallowing, and you can't. Um, I guess the brother said that because he had some spotlight that all of a sudden his blackness was invisible. It's not. Mm -hmm. And like another brother, uh, a teacher I heard once a long time ago, and he said, there's a black middle middle class, but you have to be a super millionaire to be in it. (laughs) And he said, Oprah's not even in it. So we can forget about that. I mean, black people just have to deal with the fact that things are becoming rougher, and those who are poor and still struggling, they understand that. And right now, um, worrying about um, reaching your hand out for, for peace, we need to reach our hands out for some community development, and that's real. We say it, but it's probably it's a, a problem that's consistent, and we have, we're going to continue saying it until we start doing it. We got poor children in Kenya being murdered and massacred, and nobody is speaking on it. All of these great um, leaders have not spoke on it. I'm waiting to hear somebody speak on it. They spoke on those 11 kids or 11 folks in France who got shot, but nobody's speaking about 147 children who are in class. We've got, um, we got to be able to look the monkey in the eye and be able to see what it is.
2: You, know, I, I agree with exactly what you're saying, sister. You know, and that, that kind of... Brother Ray started out the program reading a letter from one of the listeners uh, 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 that he sent in an email, and he read it on the program. You know, what you're stating, it just goes right back to an indoctrination and a a mindset that was given to our people that really needs to change. You know, you make comments about uh, things going on on the continent and, and uh, uh, corruption and, and, and murder. The same thing happening here because it's a common denominator, which is European yes, is. involvement. Yes, now, you 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 have, for example, the United States here. The the founders of this country came from Europe. Always in the heart, and the minds of the United States is Europe, the welfare of Europe. Yes. Uh, the U.A. has 28 members, European members. The United States is a member of the U.A. European Union. Mm. They they look out for the welfare of Europe, uh, the economy, and also the defense of Europe. Mm. But you have children of African descent. And I'm talking about in leadership. I'm not talking about grassroots things, you know, me and you or or, or the brothers on this line or what I guess some folks would consider grassroots. Mm. But you have blacks in leadership that have no affinity they talk nothing about what's going on in the continent. They don't get involved with these issues. When Europeans are just the opposite, they care about everything happening in Europe. They don't want nobody abusing Europeans. If anything happens on that continent, they're going to speak on it here, just like it happened here. But yeah. these things happening on the continent, you don't hear a peep out of the people that you're supposed to hear it from. You're not really yeah. supposed to hear it from me and you you're supposed to hear from the people in leadership because they're supposed to represent... To be our mouthpiece. Exactly.
6: Yeah, they're our mouthpiece when something local is happening, and it can't be too local because it can't be too close because then it'll cost them some real responsibility. But um, that's true, and I don't want to paraphrase um, Brother Clark, but he had made a statement close to that, that you notice that nobody bothers Chinese Americans because China will be all over that. And here, and rightfully somebody,
2: so, <laughs> and, yes. and rightfully so.
6: Yeah, and that's true because they're looking out for their own, not negating nobody else. But you're looking out for your own interest, and you should be. If you have power, the benefits of power is to use it productively; otherwise, it's a waste. And black people here, we—I'm um, not negating that. I believe it's over a hundred people been killed in March from police under African-Americans. And I think the number is low, but I want to be precise, but I know it's more than 100. And when do we have to um, know that we have a problem? When it's knocking on our individual doors? Hopefully, we don't have to wait that long. Mm -hmm. But we need to be able to speak on it. The horrors that are happening in Kenya and the horrors that are happening on 125th Street because they are interconnected. Yes, definitely. Things are happening too much. I mean, people being um, is, uh, infected with diseases but they don't grow the vaccine people are starving but we don't have um, the control of the food production come on how long and how much does it have to happen I'm, I'm 60 years old and I am scared I'm not scared about like, being immobilized but I am very very worried my people are, are, are just being affected on all types of plateaus and it seems like instead of mobilizing, and I know we're going to end up that and do it anyway, we're going off with other, other plateaus. Um, religion is a good thing if it gives you focus and determination. If it makes you sit and wait until you've got to wait for the chariot to come, then that's a problem. <laughs> okay? If it gives you determination and focus and energy like it gave our ancestors, then it serves sure a good purpose because that's the purpose. You got to have faith in yourself and you got to have faith that the Lord did give you some rights. And the right is to be a human being, to be able to respect yourself, to be able to go to sleep at night and when you wake up, not worry that your children may be shot or in jail. The black family is under attack. The black community is under attack. How long do we have to wait before we really see that? And that's not just some. Crazy
2: teenager speaking. This is a 60-year-old grandmother speaking. Sister, I want to thank you for your contribution. And don't forget to call again.
6: Yes, sir.
2: Yes, sir. Peace. Peace to you. Uh, Great call. Great call. I mean, she hit the nail on the head with several points. And uh, we're going to continue this dialogue. We're going to take a brief break. Give us a call at 215 Two five three seven two six three that's two one five two five three seven two six, three. We're gonna take a brief break, and we'll be right back.
4: welove V E. One oh eight fm bunchy, 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 bunchy.
1: ¡A la negación!
2: Welcome back. to time for Anna Awakening. We're in open forum this evening. Anything on your heart? Anything on your mind? Give us a call. Talk about it, and uh, throw out the, the solution to the two when you uh, make your, sick, uh, your uh, when you make your comments. Uh, give us a call two one five two five three seven two six three. That's two one five two five three. Seven two six, three uh interesting call uh, the last call before we went to break, and uh before we uh go to our next call, I want to read from a published report. Let's take a call first. i Of course, this, this report is just a little bit lengthy, but I, and I wanted to kind of get that out. So let's go to our caller. Caller, 215 code. what's your name? Where you calling from?
7: Hey, Brother Alex. How you doing? How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, yeah, like, Yeah, just forgive me. I was just tuning in. I was out with, hanging with my cousin. He came from out of town, so I was sw- swinging out with him for a while. But yeah, it's uh, Brother Ralph and uh, Reg in the studio. Yes, sir. I'm mean, I mean, I mean, Yeah, uh, how
5: you doing, brother? Hey, hey, I'm doing
7: fine. Hey, Brother Ralph Brother uh, Reg. How y'all brothers doing tonight? great great um i don't uh, you
2: you probably missed the last caller uh joe mm-hmm. um she brought up um uh, your favorite uh actor and uh and rapper comment
7: oh that
2: idiot <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute joe what do you mean well, <laughs> well tell me what you, i mean elliot you
7: know i i love our people elliot and brother Reggie Ralph. And I get you have to have empathy for our people because this white man has got our people so mixed up and so confused. We are the only people, as you well know, we say some of the stupidest things out of our mouth, man, when it comes to race relations, like, like for example, the idiot. Uh, L. O. a for years ago when he got up there and said that slavery wasn't that bad, it was kind of humane and stuff like that, you know. And you know, you know, you know that nigga would never say that about the Jewish people. If he said that about the, Jews, the Holocaust, that nigga would never make another record again, you know. But they can sit there and say that dumb stuff when it comes to our people and stuff. And then some of our people try to excuse it away, like Common, for example. He made he makes a song years ago as a as a tribute to our beautiful sister, Ashada Shakur. I and I give him credit for that, but then he comes back years later because he's making money now and and white people letting him do movies and stuff. So now he thinks now that he can just say stupid stuff out of his mouth that in order for um for black people to end racism, white racism, all we have to do is reach out and, and, and for for hand of love and friendship to white people. I mean that is one of the most stupidest. Ignorant statements of black men and women. Like Minister Farrakhan said on the tape I got. He said, "Black people since they brought us to the shores of America, black men and women have been going out of their way trying to be a brother." And this Minister Farrakhan's exact words. He said, "We have tried to be a brother and a friend of white people, and we have got some of the worst inhumane treatment and barbaric treatment in return." I mean, I mean, they still shoot our black men down the street like dogs. The cops do. You got white. Biggest, like, Zimmerman full as so though, he got a guy given right to hunt down a young black man, like, Tay I mean, we say some of the stupidest stuff, man, here you got Obama and stuff, where they, you, you saw the Ferguson, the police department, made at least those racist stuff that they said, They they had a picture of Ronald Reagan, Holding Barack Obama like he was a a, 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 a baby gorilla, and so there's this little black gorilla but sure, picture of Ronald Reagan. I mean, just all kinds of insulting stuff. I mean, yet yet these niggas talking. About all we got to do is reach out for a hand of love and friendship. You just got to be kidding me, man.
2: Well, Joe, you just got I, to you be know, kidding me. W- w- listen, uh, it, a lot of those things. Th- th- what you're quoting about reaching out with love and friendship. The last caller talked about turning the cheek. See, all of those things are passages out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we have to have an open discussion and have to be frank about some of the things that our people believe in. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, what did the, the late Dr. Reggie Bryan say? It's not what you know
8: mm-hmm. that gets
2: you in trouble, it's the things that you know that just ain't so.
7: And that you know, so cheap, it, you have uh, other L. people,
2: you have other people that believe religiously. And the religion of Christianity. But they don't go out and espouse those uh, values that, uh, that uh, uh, we got a little background noise. Uh, Expouse those values that we were just mm-hmm. talking about. That's right. And those That's things right. have been very detrimental to our people here, very sure. detrimental.
7: Sure they have. Sure they have. And, 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 and you make a good point, speaking of Reggie brian a uh, 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 brother, Alice Armandi, would bring him up. This is, um, I think, the fourth or fifth year of Brother Reggie's transition day.
2: Oh, okay. I,
7: yeah, he passed I, away I, on this day, I about back realize. in 2010, okay. so it's ironic you would bring him up. But, but uh, i Allah be pleased with the brother. But yeah, like you said, man, uh, our people that believe that stuff, and I've seen that over at my former job, Elliot, and stuff, when the subject of Israel came up. I'll never forget his good brother. He was He's a, a janitor over there. He told me one day, he said, Joe, I know they do the Palestine. I'm sure you hear me well on this, Elliot, and, and, and Brother Reggie and Ralph. This was the, but he was sincere, but he misguided, but sincere. He meant he no harm by it. He said, Brother Jeff, I know those Jews over there do wrong by the Palestinians, and they, they do wrong by our people, but we still can't condemn them, because they are God's people. You know, whether we like it or not, God chose them. they God's chosen people. This was the, But he was sincere. And I said, Well, Brother, who told you that? Well, you know, that's what they say in the book. And, you know, I preach at my church. He tells they guys. I said, there you go. That's your first mistake right
9: there.
7: Mm-hmm. I said, Hank, it's your preacher, you know, that'll pork chop-eating preacher of yours. He said, he don't know he he'll know, he'll know it's behind from a hole in the ground. I said, he got you believing that them garden variety Europeans that's walking around in a garment that is not there is calling themselves the, the chosen people when they are not. When you yourself, brother, you look in the mirror, you're the chosen people of God. I said, they ain't nothing but a bunch of garden variety Europeans posing as phony Jews and, and, and Israelites. I said, they, they, are, they are not the chosen people. So I broke it down to him like that. He said, well, Brother Joe, I tell you, he says, I never heard that perspective. He said, I just thought, he said, I went along with what my pastor said. My pastor said they was the chosen people. And I just, and I just thought my pastor right. I said, well, you're passed around. I said, they, I said it's the same as so many brothers and sisters like you caught up in. I said that's why a lot of y'all be deducted to condemn them Jews over there because we think we're going against God's chosen people. I said, well, brother, don't feel you have to be refrained from condemning and, and criticizing them. I said they are not God's chosen people. I said they are nothing but your opinions. So I gave them a different perspective on things. And so you're right, brother. Your point. Is that you have to understand how people have been, been brainwashed for years to believe that kind of nonsense and stuff. We we, we believe in white supremacy, but we, but we believe in white supremacy in the name of God. So that's why a lot of our Christian brothers they they, they believe they they misguided some of them. They they, they don't understand they're worshiping their own oppressor. But see, when you see that image of, of a white Jesus with blue eyed white, You can see a white boy like that downtown. Maybe you got a white boy downtown now that causes so you know, just like the version of Jesus. So. So you, so a lot of our people they scared to fight against white oppression because the white people they fight against made them look like Jesus. So so it keeps a lot of our people from fighting against that white supremacy thing because they think they're going against Jesus or God or whatever like that, you know? So our people need a whole reawakening and that's why the onus is on shows like y'all, which is tightly which was aptly titled time for an awakening, and it also falls on these black preachers who know better in these churches to stop, if you know better, you do better, and stop teaching our people that have lies and stuff, getting, getting our people all mixed up with they where they supporting and, and their own oppression and stuff like that. So it's going to take a whole awakening for our people to get out of this stuff that, they, that, that they've been taught so many years and stuff. And, and as you know, Brother Elliott, white supremacy is an all faiths, Islam. Christianity, yes. Judaism, mm-hmm. this white supremacy stuff has been pushed in all of them and stuff. And so we have to do an awakening to this, just this cleanse our people of that kind of mindset because that's the only way we're going to be able to move forward and fight for what's rightfully ours in this country and what's for rightfully ours in this world. You know, it's, it's that simple, you know.
2: Well, we have work to do, so, uh, I mean, it, the work is out there. And it, and the, the thing is, it's, it's, it's a lot of our people that's out there doing it. We don't see it because... You don't have access to the media. The only thing Mm -hmm. that has access to the media is a bunch of foolishness to keep keep our people's mind diverted. But it's it's our people, there's plenty of our people out there doing positive things and trying to reach our people. So what we try to do and, uh, you know, what other programs try to do is is at least showcase some of our people that want to mobilize our people to positive efforts Mm -hmm. to awaken our people from this malaise that we're in.
7: And that's why we are in the malaise and stuff, man. This is why there's a lot of damage to our people, man. And that's why, I, 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 when I, even when I criticize our people and get on, I, I do it with with the love and uh, criticism because I know we messed up as a people, man. And it's gonna take shows like, like y'all. Like I said, it was aptly titled "Time for the Awakening" because we need to be woken up from this malaise we are in, man. I mean, we just—I mean, this man has there a damage to our people, man. I mean, they, I mean, I got our people mixed up, confused, got us hating on each other. That's why. I, you see, a brothers so messed up out here, Reggie and stuff, and and and, and Elliot and, and Ralph. They, uh, that's why you think a brothers so quickly kill each other out here, over dumb stuff. Let me look at that look. I'm using a quick example. Look down at Temple last week near Temple University, where they had the house party, and the brother got into an altercation and spilled out into the street. He shot two other black men. See, we are so we hate ourselves so much that it don't take much for a black man. To pull out a gun and shoot another. And, and look again, uh, Elliot, who behind it? The white man. You know, he pushed the, I don't know if you know this, uh, Elliot, he pushed these rappers to say all that filthy stuff like killing ends and killing holes and all that stuff. See, when rap first came out, it was conscious rap, but the white man has slickly over the years, pushed these ignorant Negroes to push that, to say all that filthy stuff. And you ain't going to say and tell me that if you get a young black man, a woman who, if you constantly listen at that stuff night and day, when they come a killer and killer and. Kill a hoe, F a hoe, all right. if that. If you cut this stuff 24 7, that's why it desensitizes. And notice the word I'm using, Elliot? It desensitizes a black man to have no problem pulling out a gun and shooting down another black man. you've already demonized him in your mind. He's nothing but the end. So if you get into any kind of disagreement with him and so say you're talking it out like civil people, you want to pull out your gun and blow the brother away. Because you hate yourself, and in return, you hate him. You hate anybody that looks like him. You see you know what I'm saying, Brother Elliot?
9: Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, so, we, so we, we see
7: clearly the damage that this music does to our people, especially our young people, man. So we got we we got work to do, brother. There's no question about that. We definitely got work to do, and and, and one of the main ones behind this gangster rap music, and, I'm, and I ain't got no problem saying as many of these Jews are behind this gangster rap music, and see they are so slimy, a lot of them. If them brothers said something there, <clears throat> their lyrics about a Jewish card, a Jewish woman, the Jewish B, or the Jewish H, they'd be, they'd be out of the rap game in a heartbeat. But see, they push that to say that about their own black men and black women. See, this is how slimy some of them people are, man. They are just hateful, diabolical, and anti-black, anti-African, anti-Islam, whatever you want to call it. Anything they got to do with us, they anti. So... You know, so that's why we got to keep the fight on, Brother Elliot, and, keep, and, and, and join with people like James Klingman and Brother Alma Fico, one in a million, and one in a million and then some. We got, we, I mean, we got work to do, brother. And by the way, I'll close with this. You know, Minister Farrakhan, supposedly helping him paying for Momia's treatment and stuff. He, you know, he talked to Pam Africa, where he said that he wanted specialists to come in there and make sure that they don't kill our brother. So Mr. Furkan wanted to pay for these specialists to come in and look into Momia's condition, because, you know, you don't them devils, they have to get Momia. And, Elliot, you brought up the media the other week, and I closed with this about that brother, who, you know, the white, the white ring is jumping on our already, the brother from that CLC that told black people to have, right, to protect themselves with firearms. Mm-hmm. they already suspended the brother from the SCLC. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going so to talk about that brother because, you know, the, the devils as well as the head of the they're coming after that brother. So that's somebody we just really keeping uh, in our in our mirror right now.
2: Yeah, I'm going to talk about that shortly. Okay, thank, brother Alec, Thank you for your call.
9: You're welcome, brother Alec.
2: Let's go to 561 area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
9: This is uh, Bubba Gay Yuka calling, brothers. How y'all doing this evening? Hey, sir. Doing
2: how doing, you bro? doing? How you doing?
9: I'm doing well, enjoying the program, enjoying the comments from the listeners. And, of course, I'd like to uh, send out a message to uh, the brother and the sister that called in just by way of reminder uh, that there is uh, a vehicle uh, being put in place now for those of us who really want to do something to change the condition of our people and the things that we uh, are faced with. We don't have to just continue to uh, talk about it and uh, express our frustration with what's been done and what's being done. We are now in a position or positioning ourselves to do something about it. So uh, I know you brothers are pushing the uh, One Million Conscious Black Voters Force, and we appreciate that. Uh, and please remind those folks that uh, they can visit our website and register because once we have these one million folks and what those folks represent in terms of financial potential, we can and will make a difference. And I want to put it in this context, brother, so that folks listening can understand where we're coming from. Uh, For those in your audience who are old enough, they may recall an advertisement that used to be in the back of comic books. When we were children, we read comic books, Superman and all that kind of stuff. And there was a particular ad that was always in all of the comic books. It was an advertisement for a Charles Atlas bodybuilding set. And the focus of this particular ad was the 90-pound weakling. And this 90-pound weakling, was on the beach one day uh, with his girlfriend, real fine chick, of course, and he was a little scrawny 90-pound weakling. And some 200-pound bully came up and saw this little skinny guy with this uh, fine, attractive woman, and he walked over, snatched the woman. When the 90-pound weakling protested, he pushed him in the face and then kicked sand in his face and took his woman and left. Now, if that had been a typical black 90-pound weakling. He would have run to the Coast Guard or to the Life Guard or the shore patrol or somebody and copped a plea for somebody to go and uh, make this bully give him back his woman and all that kind of stuff. But this guy didn't do that. He went and he ordered himself a Charles Atlas barbell set, and for the next 90 days he concentrated on building up his own body. So over the course of the 90 days with his Charles Atlas barbell set, he added 100 pounds of muscle to his body. So now that he has, he's weighing 190 pounds and it's all muscle, he goes back to the beach, walks up and down the beach until he finds the bully and his woman. And he walks up to them and he takes his woman by the hand and tells her to come on. When the bully tried to stop him, he did the same thing to the bully that the bully had done to him. He pushed him down and kicked sand in his face and dared him to do anything about it. Now, the moral to the story is that the solution to the 90-pound Weakland's problem was not external to him. It was not for him to go running to find somebody else to deal with that bully, because bullies are going to bully the weakest people that they can find because they want to keep on winning. They don't want to pick on anybody that has a chance or has a possibility of getting the upper hand on them or hanging an L on them, a loss, in a sense, on them. So that is the approach that we're taking with our people. We're trying to, with this One Million Conscious Black Voter Initiative, get our folks to realize that we have the capacity and the responsibility to strengthen ourselves to the point that irrespective of the bullies of the world, whether you call them bullies because they're white supremacists or racists or any other combination of those things, that is not what we need to be concerned about. We need to be concerned about our ability to put ourselves in a position that the bullies of the world will have to look elsewhere for a chunk to exercise their bulliness on. Bullies don't pick on other people just as big and just as strong as they are. Look, for example, the way the United States deals with Russia and China. We sell a lot of wolf tickets, but ain't nobody throwing any bombs at them. Now, we go around the world and we pick on all kind of little countries that have not a snowball's chance in hell of even defending themselves against this government with its it's, it's uh, military and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But we don't mess with anybody who is our own size or is our, has, has equal or even greater strength than we have. So that is the way the bullies are. And white supremacists and their vanguard called racists are bullies. And they pick on black people because we're the weakest people and they can pick on us and get away with it. Somebody the brother the called a few minutes ago and said, for example, that nobody, none of these, these rappers or gangster rappers, et cetera, are going to say the kind of things about any Jewish women or Jewish people on their songs or when they do their stand-up comedy or anything that they say about black women and black people. Why? Because they know what would happen to them. They can say things about us and get away with it because there's no penalty that they will have to pay for having said that. So the idea behind the One Million Conscious Black Voters and Contributors Initiative is that we're going to do for ourselves as a race and as a people what that 90-pound weakling did with his body, although we're not going to be doing it with any Charles Atlas barbell set. (laughs) We'll do it by unifying ourselves, pooling our resources, moving in lockstep when it's in our interest to move in lockstep and do what we need to do to show these people that it's time for an awakening on their parts to realize that we are no longer the weakest link in the chain or the weakest, patch in the quilt that they can walk on us like a doormat and just wipe their feet and walk away without paying any consequences for having done it.
2: I want to thank you for your contribution, Bill. i figure before you leave us, uh, give out the, uh, because I know they can go to, uh, imafika.com, and they can go to Blackonomics. Give all the areas where our people can go to get more information, to, to, to become involved, to join, to get a T-shirt, anything they need. Just, just give us uh, the, the more information or anything you want to before you go.
9: Yes, brother, and might I say this, uh, and thank you for the opportunity to, to share that information with your listeners. When we went to the Million Man March 20 years ago this year, The last thing that Minister Farrakhan said to those two-and-a-half million brothers that were there was that, that we should go back home to our respective homes and places and join some organization that was working for the uplift and advancement of black people and that if there were no such organization in existence in their particular home, wherever they were going, then they had a duty and a responsibility to start one. Mm -hmm. And many, many brothers did exactly as the minister challenged them to do. So I would like to challenge the listeners to time for an awakening because they are a special kind of people, obviously. I wouldn't be listening to a program as enlightened as this, that that's what they need to do. Take a page from that book and join some organization that is working for the uplift and advancement of black people without apology and help to bring about the changes that we say that we want to bring about. I'm proud to suggest and to to recommend that the One Million Conscious Black Voters is one such organized effort, at least. It's not an organization yet, but it's an effort, an organized effort, to bring about the kind of change that most of us say that we want. And the best way for them to respond to my appeal is to visit our website, That's www.iamoneofthemillion.com, www.iamoneofthemillion.com, and I won't give the other sites now because that's the one we want to focus on Okay. because that is the website where people can actually go and register to become one of the million and to purchase their t-shirt to help promote the cause as well as help to provide the financial uh, wherewithal that we will need to conduct this campaign.
2: That sounds great. You know, uh, in the future, uh, if in, in the very near future, because the uh, the Power Talk conference is coming up in June, we want to get uh, uh, yourself and, and uh, Brother Klingman back on and, and possibly some of the other members, Earl and Monica and, and some of the others to come on and uh, not only talk about the, the planks but, uh, you know, the, the, the finances, where, where things are going to be allocated, where things will be moving towards once we kind of get things to footing of our organization uh, uh, moving in the right direction.
9: We'd love to do that. Now, welcome the opportunity to come on. We'd love to do it, and I think that that's an excellent idea, and your audience will get a lot of uh, good, solid insight. We also want to remind folks that we now have an organizer for the city of Philadelphia, and eventually he will be responsible for organizing the entire state of Pennsylvania. Brother Marcus Jackson there, so we might want to get Brother Marcus to uh, call in. Hopefully he's listening to the program tonight, and he'll call in and let people know how to reach him, because he is our person there uh, in the city of Philadelphia, who's responsible for organizing? And he's hit the ground running. we proud of the way that, that brother has accepted this challenge.
2: That's great. That's great. We'll we'll reach up to him. We'll we'll run across him very soon.
9: Very good. Okay, I'm going to continue listening to you, brothers, and keep on doing what you do.
2: I want to thank you for being with us. We'll talk soon.
9: My pleasure. Take care,
2: brother Reg. Brother Ralph we're going to take a brief break just when we follow that Go ahead.
5: and just to follow that up just to follow that up the website is wwwim one wwwim one please read the information on the main page if this doesn't interest you at a time I'm pretty sure that you have a family member or an associate that has been frustrated with things that are going on with themselves and their family and black people in general, please direct them to this page. And also if you are not interested this time, at least purchase a t-shirt and show your support because everyone out there has, has been in some way or fashion affected by the decisions that are being made for our people. Instead of us being, excuse me, instead of us having a voice about what should be done, and some of these things that are happening all over the United States.
2: Great comments. You know, uh, before we break, uh, Brother Amafika gave the the analogy of uh, the weakling on the beach. And uh, I, I want our folks to understand that we're not weak. We're just disorganized. We have the strength to do whatever we want if we organize. That's the key, organization. The organiz- uh, the, the, what the men are offering is an organized effort by black folks, for black folks, to black folks. And that, that's different than anything else that's out there now. Uh, you have some organizations that are supposed to advocate for black folks, but the money comes from other people. So you know when the rubber meets the road where things are going to head. What the men are proposing is an organization that's for black mm-hmm. people and by black people. We're going to continue the conversation.
5: And when you're talking about organization, Mm -hmm. I just want to follow up. When you're talking about organization, you know, there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of things. And the question that I want to put out a pose is the, is the right effort being applied to where we need to go within the organizations that are doing things You know, there's a lot, you know, it's almost like a child that's doing something and you're telling the child, you're going to be doing that for a long time because you're not doing it the correct way. And I think that's something we have to put out there, whether it's organization, whether it's people within the group having the right sort of uh, thinking as far as commitment. Um, On the other side, I want to follow this up about commitment and effort.
2: We'll take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll continue the conversation, and you can get involved, too, at 215-253-7263. That's 215-253-7263. We'll be right back.
1: Tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at
0: blacktalkradionetwork.com.
10: Nobody celebrates victories against racism and apartheid a generation or two back more often or more lavishly than the Congressional Black Caucus. It's something they have to do constantly, not just because some of those victories made their career possible, but because apart from those careers, they have not really accomplished much in the last 40 years. From the 1990s onward, most of them voted for legislation that doubled down on the war on drugs and to intensify the over-policing and mass incarceration in their own communities. When it became clear that Katrina was the excuse to dispossess and disperse into exile a couple hundred thousand black people on the Gulf Coast, the Black Caucus called no hearings. It sounded no alarms. And despite their relentless celebrations of victories over racism, the entire Black Caucus has consistently turned a blind eye to the brutal settler-state apartheid of Israel. The CBC's promise to skip out when Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu addresses the U.S. Congress on March 5 is not an act of vision or moral courage. When Israel demolishes Palestinian houses, when it lynches and deports Africans, when Israel passes more discriminatory laws and steals Palestinian land, the Congressional Black Caucus says nothing. When successive U.S. administrations of both parties Endorsed the Israeli punishment of Palestinian civilians, with water and power cuts, with blockades of medical and construction supplies, books, and even toys, the CBC is silent then too. When Israel threatens all its neighbors with nukes, and makes the false claim that Iran has nuclear weapons, the CBC are quiet. When Israeli fighter jets, armored copter gunships and tanks, rain white phosphorus and shell fire... On Palestinian neighborhoods, the CBC with the rest of Congress unanimously endorsed the aggressor's right to defend themselves by murdering children and voted to resupply the expended Israeli munitions. So let's be clear. Netanyahu is a demagogic racist. He heads the planet's most vicious apartheid regime, a U.S.-supported and funded client state engaged in the conquest and occupation of neighboring territories. And the genocidal dispossession and exile of their populations all paid for with u.s tax dollars and under u.s diplomatic cover but that's not the cbc's problem with him or with israel like the rest of the u.s ruling elite the cbc has no problem with israeli apartheid the cbc's problem is that republican house leader john Boehner invited netanyahu not president obama so the netanyahu visit is a violation of protocol, a kind of insult to the first black president. We should not be surprised. The CBC's tunnel vision works the same way at home as it does abroad. Thanks to the large numbers of blacks pushed out of homes in the workforce in recent years, the rate of black child poverty now stands at 38.2%, an all-time high. The Congressional Black Caucus is not calling daily press conferences over that either. Detroit. Is executing its own slow-motion Katrina pursuing water cutoffs and evictions that will affect over 100,000 residents just about all of them black and this is beneath the CBC's notice but let somebody insult or disparage the First Lady and they'll be all over that it's because the CBC like the rest of the black political class are self-serving cowards their failure is symptomatic of the shrinkage of black politics from one of vision and struggle to a politics of protecting their own privilege. For Black Agenda Radio, I'm Bruce Dixon. Find us on the web at www.blackagendareport.com.
2: Welcome back to Time for an Awakening, and uh, we're in open forum this evening. Anything on your mind? Give us a call at two five two one five two five three seven two six three. That's two one five, two five three seven two six three. Brother Reg, before we went to the break, you were mentioning that you wanted to touch on something when we came back.
5: Yeah, I was talking about the whole concept of right effort when you're talking about organization, and I'm dealing primarily with our people. You know, I, I've been a part of different uh, organization and groups and within the group or the organization they can say well this is an issue or this is a problem and I'm not talking about the outside forces the outside forces are no I'm talking about the, the structure within inside, inside. Mm-hmm. and we'll say well we need to be able we need to do this in a different fashion, a different way we can come to the table, put in a writing or say it orally that we agree and I and after the fact, there's a hard problem for us individually and as a group to toe the line for what's in our best interest. And, I, and I'm seeing this over and over again. I'm included in this, but I'm seeing this over and over again as a practice that, that, that impedes our growth. I'm not talking about our open enemy outside. I'm talking about what we do to slow up the progress to 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 just disparage the whole process and and, I, and I'll make it a little more clearer, and I use this as an example uh, and I see this a lot you'll have people that have planned things, put it together have been have a successful model, and actually doing something. then you have someone either on the far left or the far right will criticize the person in the middle or that group in the middle that has a plan is implementing and is getting results. And when I'm saying results, the results don't have to be uh, of any high magnitude. The fact that they're moving, I say is 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 a result. Now, when you go and come back to question the person on the left or the right and ask them what their suggestion would be, for the group in the middle, they don't have any. When you come back, it's just a theory. When you come back to them, they ask them, well, what are you doing since you don't agree with what's happening with the group in the middle, organization in the middle, and you ask the same person, same question of the person on the right, what are you doing that you don't like from the middle group and you really press them on it. Press them on that, you don't have any response. They're not doing anything at all. And if they were within the group, all they will be doing is having criticism that's going to even impede the growth or the progress that the group is already having. And this is what I'm seeing as something that's a, co- a common occurrence with our folks. And I'm not talking about our enemy that's known. I'm talking about what stifles the growth and progress of groups and individuals that are actually – doing something they're not talking about doing something they they pass that step they're actually doing something
2: you you, you know I, I i i tend to agree with not 10 i agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying i think one of the solutions to that might be that when you know we start these groups and organizations with the, which i like about the with the one Million uh, Conscious Black Voters and Contributors are doing are enlisting the aid of young people. If young people are involved from the ground floor, I don't think you might get a lot of that, Rich, because you, it's for them. A lot of these guys, and, and men and women, that start a lot of these foolishness in groups, it's for selfish reasons. It, and it's not about you. And I'm using that term in a generality. It's not about you, because in 20, 25, 30 years, that individual might not be here. But the children will be here. The young people will be here. It should be about them. We shouldn't spend the next. Our our people, uh, uh, since the end of channel enslavement, we spent the last over 100 years, maybe 125, maybe close to 130 years, trying to be equal or fighting for equality with white folks. I mean, what the heck, that, that, that's almost a monumental waste of time.
5: And, Elliot, th- th- I, could, I, could, I could move on to, an, to another point within that, what I've seen. Mm-hmm. And, and what I'm saying, the points that I'm bringing out, it's not to bash our people.
2: No, I, yeah, I just understand to make what you're us, saying.
5: Just, just, just to put it out there, just to make us better. I want the best for our people. And I think if you don't organize or plan, if you cannot get along with people, you know, our communication and how we communicate with one another is a big impediment, too, to our growth. Not having respect for each other, coming in with hidden agendas. And and this is one of my, something I see a lot also, that you will have someone that is committed and they're not only committed by what they say out their mouth, they're doing things at a high level. And when you have a person or people that are doing things at a high level and you're within that family structure or within that organization, what happens is that person is shining a light on you, whether you want it on you or not, because you're just talking or you're not doing the best that you can be doing. And what I find within families, family structures, and and also within organizations, that person is almost looked at as a cancer and, and, and the people who are not stepping up to the plate doing what they should be doing within their families and within that structure, they make personal attacks against that person who's giving their all, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, I, and what I find, I don't want to use that crabs in a, in a, in a barrel analogy, what I want to say is it's almost like a catch-22. You know, we don't like our people being too intelligent. We don't like them being too dumb. We don't like them. We we want to complain about things, but then when somebody takes up the mantle to do something, we have a problem with somebody doing it, uh, taking the mantle and actually doing something. And I think that's something that we, as a people with our communication styles, verbal, and nonverbal, we need just to to work on internally, internally to just do better. And when we come together to do things,
2: I I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. I mean, it's a, a, it's nothing that I can add to it. I can d- just comment on it. I, I, it's a, uh, well, l- let me say this, because you mentioned about organizations and being involved. You find that I don't care what type of organization you get involved with to try to come up with solutions to help our people, and we've been involved in several together. It's, it's always, some of our people and it's kind of funny i was talking to uh dr tony browder uh because i heard him on a terrestrial radio program talk about some of the organizations that were started in the early 90s by uh um the help of kathy hughes uh, uh blacks uh trying to make a difference as far as teaching their culture and history to other blacks and starting uh study groups and uh He said that, you know, a lot of the problems started after the groups were started because men wanted to have a lot to say, and they didn't do any studying on their own or research. They just wanted to have a lot to say. And uh, they kind of adopted one of the past guests on our programs, Manu Ampim's model of a work study group, which is more uh, applicable to our situation. We need people now that's going to work. I mean, more and more. And, and, you know, you've been an avid listener to talk radio. You hear a lot of our people get on these shows and be critical of other people. But they're not doing anything themselves. Anything. I mean, we have to become involved in, in the solution to our problems. If I can't do something, and I'm just using generalities, if, if a person can't do something, then another person, and, and another person is able to do it, then help them, help the other person, all you can if you're involved in the organization. You just can't sit back and be critical of everybody working and you're sitting back pointing fingers. Because pretty soon the other, the, the one finger that you're pointing at other people, it's four pointed, but three, three pointed back at you, not including the thumb. It's three pointed back at you. What are we doing? What are you doing? What am I doing as an individual to try to come up with solutions to this problem? Not talk about the problem. There's plenty of people that have been talking about these things, like that segment of the speech I play about Malcolm. He said there's plenty of our people that have been talking about these solutions, but uh, talking about the problem, but not coming up and not working towards a solution. So I, I agree with what you're saying, Rich. Uh, more and more of our people need to be serious about working towards these solutions. If they hear something good, or if they if they don't come up with a solution themselves, and another brother or sister come up with a solution, then join in. Work all you can. Work hard to try to make these things possible. Because that's what's going to make it possible. Our people doing it. It's nothing that we can't accomplish if we unify. Nothing. I just wanted to make a comment on uh, to kind of make a comment on what you said, Brother Rich. You know, uh, Joe brought up earlier about the, the situation with uh, the Reverend uh, Samuel Mostella, the head of SCLC. He came out uh, this week and uh, talked about an incident that happened in Smyrna, Georgia. And I want to give, uh, and it's more of the same soup warmed over, but I want to give uh, our listeners a little overview uh, reading from a published report, it says, uh, well, let me let me take this call before I uh, 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 talk about this particular issue. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, my brother's Jim Klingman. How are you? <laughs> How are you, sir? Oh, good. Pretty How's good. Doing, good, good. No, no, uh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, am I on? Yes. Mm-hmm.
8: Oh, hey, Brother Booker. How are you?
2: <laughs> how are you, sir? you ready. Yeah, yeah Hi, how are you really? doing, Brother
8: Jim? Yeah, I was just enjoying your soliloquy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just Thanks. wanted to call and tell you guys how much I appreciate you. Listening to you, I don't call all the time, but I'm listening. And I uh, really appreciate your advocacy and your dedication to our people. Sometimes we you, you need to to boost one another up and encourage one another. I feel like that's my role tonight with you guys because uh, you're really soldiers. And, uh, you know, I just like that and I appreciate
2: it. Thank well, so I mean, you know, I, I see that you, your men's work is something to be modeled after. I mean, that, that one of the things that that jumps out at me is the, what you men tried to do in uh, Detroit in uh, 2005. I yeah. mean, that, that that's monumental. And the minds that were involved in trying to do that, but some of the same minds that were involved, uh, what we're talking about today and what we're talking about correcting is the the political people that was appointed to be leaders was one of the main ones that fought against what you men were talking about. Right.
8: You're right. You're right. And I think it pointed out a condition I talked about in my very first book, psychological enslavement. We have not entirely broken those chains, as Naeem Markbar talked about those chains around our brains. I mean, how can you run a city politically, be 90% of the population, and say that having a black economic enclave is racist and separatist, in the face of having four or five other, four or five other, economic enclaves? Owned and operated and controlled by other ethnic groups. It makes no sense except that some of us are still psychologically enslaved.
2: Well, we, uh, hopefully we'll do. We're going to do all we can to try to, uh, oh, to yeah. break those chains. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I think as individuals what? we can we can do it, but yeah. collectively we can, yeah. we, can oh, snap, we can snap we can snap those chains. Hey, uh, brother Jim,
5: can yes. you can you tell me? The, your, your, your mind frame regarding your latest piece, One Million Strong, where, where are they now? W- what made you write that piece? And what were you thinking about when, while you were writing?
8: Well, reflection. You know, I, I, I know we can't live in the past, but we can certainly learn from it. And I, I, I was just, I don't know if you saw a little video I put on Facebook uh, when I was interviewed after we got back from the march. Yeah, I it's posted. on my uh, Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, I posted. Uh, it was just an event that I felt so positive about. Um, I just wondered, you know, where is everybody? I know it's twenty years later. What are they doing? Some of them are not around. You know, they passed on, and just you know, just kind of reflecting on the day and you know what the mindset of folks. Is right now. You know what is the mindset of folks who were there, and where are that million or, or that two million that uh, uh, those who are still who are still with us? Where are they, and what are they doing? I know that among those, we could probably make up the whole one million conscious black voters and, and contributors. So I put that out there just as a reflection, but in hopes that folks who were there will read it and, and contact us and get involved with the one million uh, concerts by voters and contributors.
2: You know, uh, and, and we talked earlier about this. One of the ways that, um, in fact, the, the huge way, according to uh, Bob Law, who was, uh, I think he said, the, the director of the Minister of Communications. Right. One of the major ways that our people got the word during that time, because they weren't going on TV talking about it on any of these That's shows. Correct it was through black radio and black media print media so we can we can utilize those same vehicles it's not as many terrestrial radio stations around that it was then but the ones that are here uh what we can do when we when we start uh, generating funds is is advertising on these black stations to get the word out about what uh, people are doing it's plenty of grassroots people No, no go ahead
8: that's one important point that you just said. And as I said the last time I was on your show, movements don't move without money, grease the wheels. And one thing you need is to spend money with other businesses, black radio uh, and any other media uh, vehicles that you have available to advertise what you're doing. And that's not free. And it shouldn't be free. Uh, so, you know, it's a real important point that we not only talk about movements, participate in movements by saying I'm a member, but be willing to sacrifice a few dollars, too, in order to move the movement. We have a lot of movements, but they don't move. And, you know, we fall short when it comes to doing what you just talked about.
2: <clears throat> let's, let's take a call. Uh, 215 area code. what's your name? Where are you calling from?
8: Um, Brother Richard from Philadelphia.
2: How are you, Richard?
8: Uh, How right now? I, you know, uh, it was a couple of things that um, really stuck me as y'all were on um, um, dialogue, and I really, again, appreciate what y'all um, bring forth. Um, Reg, Reggie, in developing this piece about organization, and let see if I can tie the thoughts to in in, the, in this short period of time, but one experiential thing that, to me, is the... Um, and it ties to where you were saying, Elliot, about the whole thing of the church, but the organizational church model where you have the minister as the leader. I think that that brings uh, a real serious challenge um, in this environment because certain ego personalities um, don't seem to want to relinquish power um, to make it more distributive in the sense of being able to – even shepherd—I hate to use the word shepherd—but making it where everyone can contribute to problem solving, compared to being the being the problem solving, everyone has to um, go the direction of that leader, um, as it used to be that the church minister was the leader, and the the Bible with the word was the vision and, and the governing mechanism that everybody had to was um, motivated by compared to solving the problem. Everybody has something contributes contribute to that. Uh, I, I could only, in my mind, just make it um, um, what Reggie brought out in my experience, how it touched me. And one who went to the Million Man March and the question of where we are now, um, what I've seen is a lot of, the broader system co-opting individuals' energy, because in a lot of in a lot of cases, people were promoting that, not necessarily to create. Um, and again, i will want to only use metaphor or symbol. A nation within a nation. Even though some of us, we had that on our in our mind, we have that it has have that as a part of our vision. A lot of others we utilizing this because utilizing that effort uh, and people's energy for their own selfish motives, and even coming down to today, where I, I the reason why I like the the mobilizing ideal around the one million um, conscious black voters is that it is the mechanism of saying that we are not a separate or independent but self-conscious political and economic entity, But a lot of people in these cities, and I'm, I can only speak to Philadelphia specifically, that was not um, even utilizing the mechanism of the press, the um, radio, the churches members that came out and gave the political entities that came out, the, um, the historically black organizations like the NAACP and the Urban League, those individuals that came out at that time, they were not looking at um coming back to Philadelphia and um taking political power or economic power for black people in Philadelphia in my estimation. Um those I, individuals I agree you, who were leading it, they were um they were using it to keep the mold, keep the people within the range of the operation that they were um, dealing with it, and 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 those of us who who stay trying to stay towards the principle of, of of contribution of our effort and time is going on are always wrestling with one: how do you build um, capacity in an environment where people are deal, dealing with a whole lot of personal issues and ego issues? Um, in the decision-making process, I, I hopefully that was uh, clear. But it, it it's something that we need to really kind of uh, um, get at. And I see the this I'm gonna call it old guard now. They're trying in Philadelphia. They're trying to mobilize again around this political effort. And when you see what it's being where it's going, and I respect a lot of these people on the individual level, but they're trying to lead people back to the party. Mm-hmm. No, I mean the Democratic Party has not, you know, you know I have I have no thing one way or another about Barack Obama, um, but when you look at the numbers and you look at the outcome, black people really didn't get anything out of this, and and but here is these people saying they want to create agendas, they get ready, they're they selecting a mayor, and you've seen the, the breakup. I mean, how can black union leaders support a white? candidate and then hear a black candidate talk about gentrification, if I, if I read it right, is a good thing for black people. I mean, it's that kind of, it, you know, it's a, it's a madness that only really reemphasizes the need for a mobilization or to energize those of us who are out here that uh, that we're not insane from our youth thinking that um, being organizing around the principle of black people for black people, out of black people interest in a political manner, being conscious. And that's, and that's why I even like the slogan of one million, one, one million black um, conscious voters, because even the, 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 the phrase makes you um, clear of what you're, why you're doing the work, where others will say, you know, we need to create a black agenda. And then when you get to go around them, you see that it's not a black agenda for black people. It's trying to get within the party. And I guess that's – I'll leave it there without trying to get lost. But, you know, it's um, – I, I, I the evolution I've seen from the um, Million Man March and what I've seen occur in Philadelphia, and I see the people who are um, – some who are still around who went. They never gave up. That they were perpetuating a system that is uh, about um intentionally or unintentionally destroying a large portion of Black people and creating new problems that are um, or new challenges. I don't want to call them problems. New challenges that has to be addressed. Yeah, that's that's my my thought. But I think that. Reggie is touching on something that needs to be really developed as far as how we organize and the types of personalities come to the organization and the type of organizational structures that we use. And that church model, church, deacon board, um, male-centered, you know, um, female-supported, it's, um, what's that, you know, we're, all the revenue or, or wealth goes to the center, and they get to determine how it's redistributed out, and it doesn't really get redistributed out to all the members. Um, that 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 model is old, and it's not functional in this bi- in this environment. That's what <laughs> I see. <say. laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks for your contribution, Richard. You made some <laughs> made some great Thank you, points,
8: Brother
5: Richard. And, and and you know, that goes back to we started off when we were talking about the, the Greco Roman Empire mm-hmm. and what we can take as a people. The adaptability. I think we're I think we're an adaptive people by nature, but I'm talking about ad- adapting to things that are gonna be self benefiting to, to us individually and as a whole. I think we're too absorbed into this uh me thing and I don't even know a word to put, put behind it, but just this, our own self identity, our own self righteousness, our own, uh, what are we getting out of doing this? And which is a strictly uh, a European model that we need to get out of it because it's not, it's not pushing us forward. It's not propelling us forward at all. You have a couple millionaires. I I love what the sister has said, because when you really think about poor, rich and middle-class there ain't really no middle-class black folks when you really think about it.
8: That's right.
2: <laughs>
5: you got a That's lot right. of poor folks that, that you know, some of the higher end of being poor looking down on the people that are poorer than them. That's all you really
8: have. Yeah. Can I make a comment about that, Brother uh, Reggie? Yes, <laughs> sir. Yes. It was something I've been thinking about over the last few days since I first saw this commercial with uh, Jay-Z and this new thing they got called Tidal. I was supposed to take over or outdo, you know, these what you call these musical formats on the computer like Spotify and Pandora and all that. But his words, and I admire the entrepreneurship in this, but his words in the commercial say, if we can get all of these artists, and he shows these pictures of all these multimillionaire artists, He said, if we can get all of these artists in the same room, in other words, get them to cooperate and pool their resources. He didn't say that. I'm saying that. He said, if we can do that, we can change the world. Hmm. I'm not, you know, up on this titles thing. I mean, you know, if it comes to fruition, they're going to make a ton more money than they have right now. But like Reggie just alluded to, what is that really going to do for the collective economic environment for black people? So my thing is take his words and just apply them to what we're doing. If we can get 1 million conscious black voters and contributors in one room, so to speak, we can change the world. So that's how I see that commercial and this new, movement that they're trying to do him and all these other multimillionaire entertainers uh that's how i see that commercial every time i see it i think about us and what we're doing i wish that they would use some of their money to do what we're doing but uh you know i can't tell anybody how to spend their money but uh i can take some learnings from it and suggest to our people that we follow that same mantra and all we need to do is get together, share our resources, and we can change the world.
5: And and brother Jim, I just want to echo something behind what you just stated. You know, I, I I've been dealing on Facebook, e some emails I've been receiving, and I think we've discussed on this program when you were on uh, originally talking about you know capitalism. I had my viewpoints about uh-huh. capitalism. Yeah, but right. But my, my the thing that always what, what I think about. Is that economy and economics is just part of uh, almost part of living? Um, oh yeah. yeah. Whether whether you look at the capitalism, socialism, any other so, sort of uh, form of uh, generating generating money and, and doling out wealth or doling out resources, I I think the fundamental thing that's never talked about in any of those systems, if you don't have sincerity. And love as the basis of any economic system or economy that you have, then it's bound to fail. And I think that's something that we need to start talking about within this system, within a socialist system, whatever system you have that's set up. If you're thinking and acting like Europeans act, if you're not talking about having sincerity as the basis and love as the basis, Of any economic or economy that you're dealing about, it's going to to fail. It's not going to work out. It's not going to benefit all in
8: any sort of fashion. That's right. right. (laughs) I mean, the very word itself, economy, economics, comes from the concept of managing your own household. Household. We have a collective household to manage. And like you just said, we're Right now, we are mismanaging. We have, as you just alluded to, a few folks who have hundreds of millions of dollars. Put all of them together, you're talking about 2 or $3 billion. And, you know, I see them going for themselves. They already have more money than you could spend in a lifetime. But what they're doing is capitalistic. It's entrepreneurial. But it's not, as you just said, an economic plan that's going to benefit their brothers and sisters collectively. Of course, our kids and our younger folks and some of the older folks will buy, you know, this new service that they put out, but get nothing in return. So I think a consciousness that says, hey, I have $500 million, me and my wife, maybe more than that, what can we do to really collectively help our people? I understand business, and we're good at that, but what can we do, what can we participate in that's going to help our own collective black household by improving our economic environment status? So I think it has uh, far-reaching implications, uh, this whole notion of what they're doing and what we're doing, I just look forward to moving uh, uh, expeditiously on on recruitment and uh, getting our our movement to the point where it takes on critical mass and, you know, begins to to really demonstrate to our people that we're serious about what we have to do and we're serious about doing it ourselves.
5: And, And, Brother Jim, before you leave, I just, want, I just want to define, when I, so I don't want anyone to misconstrue uh, what I just said. When I'm talking about mm-hmm. sincerity, I'm talking about, you know, you being forthright, being honest, being yeah. focused, having a one-pointedness in your thinking. And when I'm talking about love, I'm not talking this lovey-dovey uh, <laughs> Greco-Roman romanticism. I'm talking about love as far as you giving the best part of yourself doing.
8: Yeah. yeah.
5: Doing, being being. Having an action. Put in put in, put in what you say you're about, put into the action and giving the best of yourself into what that's you're doing. Right. That's that's what I'm talking about. Love. If you have a family, yeah. you have a child or you have a wife or you have a significant other, you're gonna be in that you're gonna be in your household. If you want to do anything and you wanna make your religion or your belief system, whatever it is that you, you say that you're about, you're gonna give the best of yourself to them, not the worst of yourself, <laughs> the best you can do at that point in time. That's love. That's the love I'm talking about.
8: That's exactly right. Well, I appreciate you guys, and the title of your your, uh, program is Time for an Awakening. You've already awakened, I'm sure, hundreds of thousands of people. And uh, as you continue to do that, it's also time now, brothers and sisters, for us not just to awaken but to get up and to do the work that's going to take us to true freedom. As Brother Ken Bridges used to talk about all the time. Thanks a lot.
2: I want to thank you for being with us, Brother Clayman. All righty. You know, uh, Reg, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the Power Talk Conference in uh, Washington, D.C. in June. I-, I really believe, I fully believe, that after that Power Talk Conference, uh, what the men are proposing, what the men and women, involved in 1 million conscious uh, black voters and contributors are proposing will grow legs and take off from that point. It's a lot of folks uh, that's going to be there. A lot of uh, grassroots individuals that are are respected among the community that are movers and shakers in their own right. And uh, I really think things will take off from that point. I'm looking forward to it personally. Uh, Before we go this evening, I want to um, share with you... um, Uh, We were talking earlier about the young man that was murdered in Smyrna, Georgia, 24-year-old Nicholas Thomas, Uh, according to a published report, father to a beautiful girl who was barely five months old. Uh, His life was taken uh, by Cobb County Police Department, arrived at the Goodyear store where he worked, came on his job for uh, uh, traffic violations. I don't know how that warrants uh, police coming to any an individual's job. Uh, but they came to his job for reported traffic offenses, maybe some tickets, maybe some tickets that he hadn't paid. It doesn't say it on the published report. It just says that the Smyrna police came to his job at the Goodyear uh, tire place because of a, a warrant for traffic violations. And it ended up the man being shot, brutally murdered by Cobb County police uh, claiming that he was trying to flee uh, and got in his car and drove toward them. The same st- uh, stuff all over again, the same excuses uh, for going on a young man's job, 24-year-old, hardworking young man with a young family at a Goodyear tire place uh, and going on his j- on his job for traffic offenses. And then he's now dead. That led to the head of SCLC uh, Reverend Samuel Mustella, uh making comments earlier this week that uh, black folks need to start exercising their Second Amendment rights and protecting themselves and their communities. This led to a firestorm among other black, uh, some black organizations. The uh, Rainbow Push Coalition and others started disavowing uh, this man, uh, led to him being suspended by the SCLC, a group that Reverend King started. I reached out to Reverend Mustela early this week and spoke with him twice. Uh, he said that he would like to come on uh, to give his uh, views on what he said. I told him there's a lot of support for him out in the community about what he said. And he promised that he would come on to talk about this issue. We see here that he's been suspended by SCLC and they are sending him for retraining I don't know what the heck that means, but uh, maybe they do. But here again, whenever our people stand up and talking about protecting themselves or protecting their communities, here you come, this other faction of our people that really wants to cater to white folks, uh, whether you want to call them Uncle Tom or whatever. Here they come out of the woodwork with some foolishness to derail any comments or anything. This man is not insane. I don't know how long he's been head of the organization, but he's head of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. He made those statements. And I, I, I'm really anxious for him to come on to talk about why he said what he said, because I know it was some intelligent thought behind what he said and why he said it. So we're looking forward to him being on, uh, at a later date and a later time. I just wanted to let the listening audience know that I spoke with him in reference to these published reports and his, uh, uh, alleged statements and, uh, looking forward to him coming on. Reg, any final thoughts before we wind up the program?
5: No, my brother. I'm good.
2: Uh, you know, it was interesting dialogue tonight. I'm glad that uh, we had calls from the sisters starting things off and and, uh, and uh, Brother Klingman, Brother uh, Amafika calling in, Brother Richard, others. We see that uh, the mentality of our people are not changing. It's just a, a vehicle now where a lot of our people that had uh, uh like minds are starting to come together, and i'm really excited about what's going on. I want to thank everybody for being with us this evening A lively discussion as always and we'll be back next week, Lord willing, to continue on this path towards an awakening peace yeah.
3: to